0: Oakwood, and welcome to part two of a series we started last week called "Guardrails." Guardrails, and if you missed last week, invite you to go online. As always, the uh, sermons are available there. And uh, as always, follow along in our app, the notes, the scriptures, everything are there uh, for you to uh, take in as we, uh, d- as we uh, talk about God's word together this morning. Now, uh, just to kind of set the stage and the platform to understand what is a guardrail, what is this all about, uh, let's go back to our definition uh, from last week. What, what is a guardrail? A guardrail is God's standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conviction in a believer's life. God's standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conviction in a believer's life. And all throughout Scripture, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, we see guardrails. God gives us some rules for life. It's almost like road rules for life. It's like if you want to be successful in life, and because I'm the creator of everything, I created you, I created how this world works, if you'll just go my direction in life, and we talked about this last week, that guardrails direct us and protect us, Protect us from those out-of-bounds areas. Keep us on the direction of God in our life. Because of that, we want to establish these principles, these standards that God has in His Word, and that they will guide our life. And because of that, it doesn't even matter if we're a Christian. If you live to God's standards, then those are going to serve you well as you go through life. But for those of us that are believers, for those of us that, that call Jesus our Savior and our Lord, all the more, this is evidence of his work and the change that he has made in our lives is that we would be living to his standards. And, and, and so even though it would serve the world well to live this way, it serves Christians well and it's an evidence of God's work in our life. Now today we're going to be talking about a very specific area that we need to have some guardrails are in our life and that is the, in the area of friendships, okay, in the area of friendships. We're going to talk about your friends Your your companions, your compadres, your amigos, we're gonna talk about about what does it mean to allow them to have influence in life. Because I want you to think about this. Most of you can relate to this now in, in one of several ways. You may be older and so you can say, I remember this as a child. Or I remember doing this as a parent. Some of you are in the throes of parenting right now, and you'll be able to say to this, oh yeah, yeah, I do this now myself, or I remember that as a child, now I'm doing that myself. Some of you are, are still in the kid phase of life, maybe you're, you're a teenager, college student, and so you're going to be able to relate to it from the parent thing. But I want you to think back, as, as parents, either you are a parent, or you were a parent, or you had a parent, is what were parents always concerned about in your life? What were they concerned about? Who you hung out with, right? I mean, how many times did did your mom or dad have concerns and they bring it to your attention about, well, I don't know if you should be hanging out with so-and-so so so much. I don't know if you should be hanging out with them. Why? Because they're a bad what? Influence in your life, right? It's like they're, they're a bad influence. And so because of that, what did they want? They wanted Space right they didn't want you to get tight with them they didn't want you to go through life with them they didn't want you to be their best friend be hanging at their house and they'd be coming over to yours they want you hanging with them at school after school on whatever sports team they wanted you to have some distance there why because they knew this friendship the closer it gets has this influence in your life and if it's not a good influence it's not going to take you in a good direction and we would say those are what Psycho parents right man psycho parents are always up in my business and looking at my stuff Well, I want to frame this up for today, okay And I want to encourage you if you are a parent today Be a psycho parent, okay Be a psycho parent like you've never been a psycho parent before if you thought that your parents were crazy I want you to be crazier, okay because the students today the, the, even the small children it clear up into high school and even into college, into young adulthood. They're saying adolescence now has extended from when I was a kid, 19 years old, to 27 now. There's a lot of statistics and data to back that up. But because this adolescence is going on, it's like they still need our help because they're not growing up. They're not going through life experiences like we were at an early as, as an, an early age like we did. And so it is important that we be involved in their life. So I want you to be psycho parents and I'm telling you what, if you gave your kid a phone, you look at everything on that phone. My girls know that they do that. They turn in the phones to me every night and I enjoy watching what they saw on YouTube today. What did they post on Instagram? You know, I don't allow them to have a certain Apps on their phone, like Snapchat, because Snapchat with the little ghost, the reason there 's a ghost as the icon of that app is, is try to hide things, try to conceal why are we hiding things because we 're doing bad things right right light it illuminates and shows us thing and exposes this thing, darkness covers so if we get Snapchat on our phone going have a little conversation, say a little thing i shouldn 't say i wouldn 't want my mama to ever read that, and it 's going to cover it up and so you know, we we have to check these things out and we're going to be helicopter parents because we love our kids and because we know Satan is out to get them. And he he's a he's a thief and a liar and he comes to steal, kill and destroy their life and it can be destroyed even at a young age. Because of social media, because of all of those throws, and so there's a lot going on in the world, and we need to especially be thinking about our kids' friends. Because they define relationships completely different than we did. My friends were the ones I would talk to on the phone or go to school with. Their friends are the ones they're on the phone with right now. I, I, I know, they just put their phones down, but that's okay. Um But seriously, they're, they're, you know, and some of you, same way. It's like these relationships are instant now. I mean, it's like instant potatoes friendship. You know, you can meet someone tomorrow, exchange phone numbers, start a text conversation. You know, you you know them better than I knew, like a girl that I dated for three months, like 20 years ago. I mean, you knew them way better. Why? It's because it's just constant, this interaction. And that's why we have to be really careful with this friendship thing. Because here's the truth, okay? You show me your friends. And I'll show you your future. You show me your friends and I can show you. I can tell you a little bit about your future. And that's why parents, and even some of you grandparents, you look around and you say, man, I am concerned about my grandson and what he's doing and who he's hanging out with. I am very, very concerned about my granddaughter. And and, and I've met some of her friends and I'm like, what in the world? Who are these people and why are you hanging out with them? They're hanging out with them because we crave acceptance. As humans. And when we crave acceptance, we open the door to influence in our life. Because we want you to like us so much. We want to be considered cool so much. We just want to feel loved and, and accepted so much that we will compromise our standards and sometimes our convictions. Here's the bottom line this morning. If you don't get anything else out of the message this morning, I want you to get this. Your friends influence the quality and the direction of your life. Your friends influence the quality and direction of your life. And depending on your convictions, your personal convictions, for some of you, your friends determine the quality and direction of your life. Like you are literally who you hang out with. They have so much influence into your life. And so we really need to examine who are we hanging out with, how are we allowing them to influence our life, and there's might be, there might be some people that we need to set up some guardrails with in life. And I know some of you are like, this is going to be painful. <laughs> because if you're being honest this morning, you're like, yeah. Like, I don't want you to know who my friends are, first of all. I wouldn't want you to meet them. Second of all, I don't want you to know what I've done with my friends. And third thing is, I don't, know, I don't want you to know what I did with my friends last night. Because it didn't lead to anything good. There's nothing God-honoring that came out of it. In fact, there were things that that happened that I wouldn't want anyone to ever find out about, or I wouldn't want people to know about. And I want to encourage you that if you're one of those people that you're trying to conceal a friendship, that has a good sign that you're moving the wrong direction. That's a real good indication that something is off, something is not right if you are embarrassed to bring your friends from school home to meet your parents, if you're trying to constantly conceal those relationships. Because they're friends, Right? I mean, you, you get this, right? They're, they're our friends. We're supposed to be enjoying our time with them. And, but I want you to think about something. If you ever had a regret, we talked about this last week about avoidable regret. If you ever had a regret in your life, like you did something in life, and, and you're like, man, I wish I could have that back, I, you know. Maybe, maybe it's, for some of you, maybe it's like cigarettes, okay as you have struggled with cigarette smoking your whole entire life i want you to think back because most people that do are trying to stop because they know it's not it's not great for them and and most people trying to stop and my thing is a lot of people i can't tell you how many times i've heard somebody say this it's asking for prayer you know to, to help get over this addiction to nicotine they'll say i wish i'd never taken the first one let me ask you a question when you had your first cigarette your first dip did you do it by yourself Did you do it with somebody that hated you, just your mortal enemy offered me a cigarette, I took it? No. Who'd you do it with? You probably did it with a friend. When you had your first drink, underaged, more than likely, you didn't do it with your enemy, and you weren't all alone because you couldn't get your hands on it. You did it at what? A friend's house with their mom and dad's stash. Some of you, you viewed your first piece of pornography. You first had that mental shift of how we tell jokes and what subjects we talk about and what subjects we shouldn't talk about. What is God honoring and what's not? You did that with friends. I imagine this morning that some of you who are college students, that you're out of the house now, I wonder if you think back to who you were when you were at home with Mama and who you are today, have you maybe done some things and made some compromises that you thought, I would never... I would never do that. And you go to college and you make some new friends and now you're doing things that you never imagined that you would. Or maybe you're in the Air Force. <laughs> you're in the Air Force and your stop is Enid, Oklahoma for pilot training 101. You're coming in for pilot training and yet, now that you're away from where you were before and you're out on your own, you're amazed because things that used, used to have a conviction in your life now have been completely Compromised. And a lot of it has to do with what? It has to do with friends. People that we would call friends. That somehow lead us into destructive patterns of behavior. And I understand that for some of you, you're going to say, yeah, but this is a two-way street. Because, I mean, I thought about this a few weeks ago. We had a baptism a friend, baptizing a friend. And I understand that every, you know, almost every baptism story, every, every story of small groups in the church and people come together, you're going to have good friendships that have influence in your life, and you allow them to have influence in your life because they're good, because they're speaking wisdom into your life. So I understand that, that friendships are very, very good. They can be very, very good things. But the same thing that makes them great is the same thing that makes them dangerous It's when we let our guard down and we let them influence our lives. And so we have to take a step back at some point and say, who is really my friend? And who do I want to have influence in my life? Because there's always that danger there. You know what did your parents always say? You need to quit hanging out with them because they're a bad influence. We need to eliminate some of the bad influences in our life. Open up your Bible this morning to uh, Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13, we're going to look at verse 20, and again, it's in the app if you're following along on your phone or your tablet this morning. But Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, we're going to really just focus the rest of our time, we're just really hone in on this verse, Proverbs 13, 20. And this talks about, friends, and it talks about the rest of your life. And so you want to learn about the rest of your life this morning, something that will will help you, uh, something that God wants for you. This is it this morning. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. If you're still looking in your Bible, trying to find it, open to the middle of your Bible. If you're in Psalms, just turn to the next book. It's right there, Psalms and Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says this. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer now, don't, don't read, you know, don't infer into this or anything. I just want you to read it and take in exactly what it's saying this morning. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. What's interesting about this one verse from Proverbs, and Proverbs is wisdom literature full of wisdom from God, full of nuggets of truth on how to live your life and live your life well. This one has a promise and a warning. The first part of this verse is a wonderful promise. And the promise is this. You become wise by doing life with the wise. You will become wise by doing life with the wise. And that's what it means there when it says whoever walks with the wise. It's not talking about, oh, I'm going to go on a Sunday stroll with someone who's wise and then all of a sudden I have wisdom. No, it's saying that, that walks with gives us this idea of doing life with spending quality and quantity time with someone because wisdom is one of those things that it's contagious. Wisdom has this tendency to rub off on people. And so the more you hang out with someone wise in your life, the wiser that you become because you're doing life with them. You're allowing them to influence you and you are in close proximity to them. Now here's something about those who are wise. You see, wise people understand that life is connected. All of life is connected. The decisions that you make today will affect your life tomorrow. And so people that are of wisdom and are living God's path and God's way in life, they're always looking at it through the lens of what I'm doing today and how that's going to affect me tomorrow, how that's going to affect me next week, next month, next year. Because sometimes sin patterns in our life only serve the moment. We only think about them in the moment and we're only thinking about now and we're thinking about today because that sinful desire, that temptation is really strong on us right then. And we don't think about the consequences tomorrow. We don't think about the consequences next week. We don't think about the consequences for our marriage in 10 years. We don't think about the consequence down the road. We're only thinking about the here and the now. And that's not wisdom. Wise people are always thinking about how today's decisions will affect the future. Ben Franklin put it this way when he's talking about friends. He said, if you lie down with dogs, you will wake up with fleas. It's pretty simple, right? (laughs) If you lie down with dogs, you'll wake up with fleas. Friends influence the quality and direction of your life. And because of that, we have to be careful And to choose wisely to walk with friends who are wise. Walk with friends who are moving in a direction that we would like our life to go in as well and so that's the promise of of proverbs thirteen twenty. whoever walks with the wise becomes wise because they, they're walking they're doing life with them and they're understanding that everything that i decide today is going to affect me for the rest of my life and so i'm going to make good decisions today i'm going to walk in god's parameters today i'm going to live life his way today and then the second part of thirteen twenty gives us a warning and the warning is this That you run the risk of something bad happening to you if you befriend fools. Now, say you run the risk. I would say usually I'd say you have a very high percentage of being hurt, of being harmed, of something bad happening to you if you befriend fools. Now, here's where the deception lies for many of us when it comes to this. I tell myself, well, but I'm not as bad as them, right? So in my friend group, I'm, I'm, I'm the good one. You know, I, I'm the one that's good. He's like, sometimes, yeah, sometimes they do this. Sometimes they talk about this. Sometimes they'll make this decision to pursue this. And, and yes, that would not be a place where God would want me to go. That would be something that does cause me to have guilt and anxiousness in, in my heart because I know it's not a direction that God is moving or where he would want me to go. And, but I'm going to remain in this relationship with these fools, and I'm going to remain in this relationship with these fools and allow them to have influence in my life and there might be harm that will come my way. But I'm not as bad as them. I'm not, you know, like freaky like they are. I don't make those kind of decisions. And I want you to notice the warning here, okay? The warning is not this. The companion of fools becomes a fool. It doesn't say that. What does it say there? The companion of fools will suffer harm. It doesn't say that you're going to become a fool from hanging out with fools. So I guess that's the good news, right? The bad news is that you are going to suffer harm if you hang out with these people and allow them to have influence in your life. Now, a fool in the Scripture, and especially in the book of Proverbs, is probably not what we think. A fool in the Scripture is someone who knows right from wrong. See, we think of a fool as, well, you're a dim, you know, you're a dim light, you know, you just don't get it. No, they get it fine. They can tell you, you know, do you understand that this is wrong? Yes, I understand. Do you understand that you're breaking law? Yes, I understand I'm breaking law. Do you understand that this has, you know, harm on your body, on your soul, on your finances, on your work, on your integrity, on your reputation? Do you understand that this behavior is not going to produce good things in your life at all? Do you understand that? Yes. And fools say, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. And because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, because... The Bible calls him a deceiver. He makes things look good for a season, for a moment. And he puts that temptation before us and hopes that we'll walk in it, not thinking about tomorrow because a fool only thinks about today and only thinks about right now. And they don't think about how this decision I'm about to make could affect my whole life. I'll give you an example of this. Uh, Dealing with a situation um, in, in, in our congregation. Um, There was a a family that's been divorced for many years, and and really, um, the the ex-spouses are on pretty good terms, but there's children involved, and so there's visitations and all those kind of things. And in dealing with that, I got a word from one of the parents this week, which was, we never thought how that decision years ago that led to a divorce, that led to where our kids are today, would affect so much in our life. I mean, they've had financial strife, and they've had, of course, family dynamics changed forever. Uh, they've got, you know, kids in rebellion. They've got all of these situations, all these circumstances, and it was what? It's because somebody made a decision way back then, and they were only thinking about now. They weren't thinking about the future. And they were under the influence of people at that time that were telling them to go in a negative direction of foolishness. And yet they opened themselves to that influence, and they missed. The warning that says you will suffer harm. And sometimes it's hard to see in the moment where that's taking you. Because, see, the warning here, when it says the companion of fools will suffer harm, is actually a warning of proximity. It's not necessarily that they're going to make you go into foolish thinking. It's that their foolish decisions affect you. They cause stress in your life. They cause anxiety in your life. They cause you to question your life. They may cause you to go a direction that you don't want to go, but for sure, you're going to get caught up with them. Let me talk to you about something that's real today. How about drama? How about drama online? Huh? How about how about Facebook and, and 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 Insta, Instagram and Snapchat and all these things? And, and you get caught up, you know. You see that stuff, and all you you know, even texting. All you got to read is text. Like what he said, right? And you're caught up in their drama, and they're and they're acting foolish, and they're leading you in a foolish direction. And you're just going right along with it, and you end up in the drama. You're like, wait, this. I didn't have anything to do with this. I'm just their friend. Why am I stressed out about this? It's because you're their. F- your friend and you live in proximity to them and you've opened up your life to them and they have opened up their life to you and now you are involved and sometimes because they didn't have any guardrails in their life when they go off into the ditch and their car explodes your harm is from the shrapnel of their life falling apart you get involved because and you get harmed because you're just with them you're just in proximity to them. And as their finances fly off the handle and as their marriage goes, goes, to, goes the way of the world and as, as all these things begin happening in their life and you are seeing them melt down literally right in front of your eyes, you are being negatively affected by it because the companion of fools suffers harm. First Corinthians 15.33 says it this way. Bad company corrupts good character. You ever suffer that in your life, this guilt by association? This decision that you made that you were just there, other people were doing something immoral, other people were doing something illegal, and just because you were there, you suffer the consequences. If I remember hearing stories of... of, of Uh, students that just wanted to, just craving acceptance, wanted to be popular. The popular crowd finally starts paying attention to them. They invite them to the party, right? The parties that you always heard about, but you were never invited to. You finally got an invite, and you're like, hey, I'll go. Now, I won't do what they do at the party, but I'm going to go. I remember I had a friend in high school. that went to that party where everyone was underage drinking, and the parents had provided it for them, and the cops show up. And guess what? He got in trouble just like everyone else. Why? Because proximity Companion of fools, doing foolish things, got him in trouble, and he wasn't even participating in it at the time. He was thinking about it, but he had not established the guardrail. The fact is that friends who aren't careful with their lives, they're not going to be careful with yours. So you need to watch closely then how they live. What did the Scripture say last week? Ephesians chapter 5? It was a directive to us. Watch closely then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Because the days are evil. Because there's evil out there. Because there's spiritual warfare going on all the time for your very soul. And you have to make a choice. Am I going to go God's way or am I going to go the way of the world? Am I going to have the effects of today's decisions be positive in my life or am I going to have the effects of today's decisions be negative in my life? Am I going to allow God to breathe and speak into my life and help me establish some guardrails that will direct, keep me moving His direction, and protect my life from? the big crash. Because friends in your life that don't take care of themselves aren't going to take care of you. Friends that don't take care of their marriage are not going to help you take care of your marriage. Friends that are bad with their finances are going to encourage you and model for you how to be bad with your finances. Yeah, you don't have the money, just put it on a credit card. Friends Encourage behaviors like cheating are going to want a friend to do it with them. (laughs) It's like, yeah, come cheat on this test with me. I'm cheating too. Friends that choose to break the law are going to want you break the law with him. and so you need to put down some guardrails you need to establish god's standard of behavior make it a matter of conviction in your heart and then when you start to veer when you start to scratch your automobile of life against that guardrail and it starts to grind there's this alarm that goes off in your mind it says hey wait a minute because there's value to having an alarm but you can't have an alarm if you don't have a guardrail Let's, let, let's talk about alarms for a second and understand what they, what they are and what the purpose is this morning because I think that we need some alarms in our life. Many of you woke up to an alarm clock this morning. What does the alarm clock do? It goes off and it tells you to do what? Wake up. How does it get your attention? Makes noise, right? Or, or some of you it's like music. Oh, yeah. Some of you do the praise music Sunday morning, so you turn it to the praise station. It's like hallelujah. You wake up to the hallelujah. Some of you are waking up to Leonard Skinnard, you know, sweet home Alabama. Some of you got your favorite CD, you got your favorite song queued up on Spotify and it's gonna play. However it is, that alarm says what? May I have your attention, please? That's what it says. Car, Car alarms. Yes, car alarms aren't what they were. In the eighties and nineties, they were really cool and they, they were awesome. Now they just go off all the time, right? It's like don't be that guy with But what's the whole point of a car alarm? Draw attention to a problem. Someone might be scratching your car, somebody might turn to break in your car, somebody may have already broken into your car, the car alarm is going off, and when the car alarm goes off, everyone what? Looks to the alarm, because the alarm says, may I have your attention, please. Cool thing about car alarms is that panic button you have has saved many lives. <laughs> when someone felt like someone was in the parking lot coming up behind them, they may get mugged, it's late at night, they're by themselves, they hold down the panic button and everybody in the world is looking at them now. Because of the noise and the flashing, it says, "May I have your attention, please?" Your home alarm, same way. If you have a an alarm system on your home or your business, it's the same way. It's it's there and it's activated. Why? It's to tell you if someone is trying to break in. It's to give you a warning that something bad is about to happen. You see, we have that in our lives as Christians. It's called God's Holy Spirit. And God's Holy Spirit tries to sound an alarm so many times. And when you are in these circumstances, in these situations where you just feel like, man, something just hit me in the gut. I feel so bad. I'm starting to get sweaty here. I need to get out of here. This is not a good situation. And you feel that internal alarm going off. then God's trying to say something to you. I put it to you this way. Your alarm, which is God's Holy Spirit working in your life and speaking into your life, should alarm you with. And what I want to share with you is five things to end the sermon today. Very, very practical in this re- regard to friendships and some boundaries, some, some, some guardrails that you needed to set up. So if your alarm, God's Holy Spirit working and speaking in your life, should alarm you when, look here at number one. When it dawns on you that your core friend group isn't moving in the direction you want your life to be moving. When that happens, you may as well sound the alarm when your core friend group is not moving the direction that they were before. Sadly, I've had this happen in my family. I've had uh, two daughters that have had a great core friend group that started moving a direction that they said, dad, their values, what they value now is not what I value. They're going after worldliness and popularity. And, and I'm not going to sacrifice for that stuff. And, and, and this pursuit of, of being popular. And, and, and so it's been really real in my house. We've had to set up some guardrails and say, okay. If these people are, are moving a different direction in life, when you feel like your core group of friends... And you're looking down the path and saying, you know what? They're not going anywhere good. Maybe it's with, you know, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend. Maybe it's with other friendships. Maybe it's just some lifestyle choices they're making. Or maybe it just comes down to it's just your, your, the, the sheer values. We don't line up anymore. We, we don't value the same things anymore. When you get to that point in life, it needs to be an alarm that goes off that says, hey, something's wrong here. It might be time for guardrails. Number two. Number two, you catch yourself pretending to be someone other than who you really are. You're the chameleon now. You find out that when you're with your friends, you act completely different. I see this in teams all the time because I'm out in the community. I go to their schools. I go to their sporting events. I see. I'm at the football games. And who they are here on Wednesday night or who they are here on Sunday morning is a little bit different when they're out there. Sometimes it's a different group of what? Friends. School Friends. I act this way and talk with this language. And I'm on these apps and do these things with my school friends. And I'm like this on Wednesday night or on Sunday morning with my church friends. Now, I'm not going to just pick on the students here this morning. Let's talk about some adults. Because some of you have this secret work life. And you have this secret work mouth. I've actually been asked to pray for people through the years because when you are intersected by other people at Oakwood... And they find out, oh, who he is when he's on base. Oh, who he is at the office. Oh, who he is is a completely different person than Sunday morning. Completely different person than Wednesday night and when they're in their connect group. I understand we're all sinners saved by grace. We all have these struggles. But it's amazing to me when you feel like I have to start acting some way, there should be this alarm that goes off. that says, you know what? Something's wrong here. Time to set a guardrail. Number three. Number three. If you feel pressure to compromise and something that was never a real temptation for you now has become a real, true, live option. Like something you would never even think about doing. A place you would never even think about going. And now all of a sudden it's a live option. And you're feeling this temptation to compromise in your life. Sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. Something's going off. Next one. If you hear yourself saying, I'll go, but I just won't participate, right? I'm going to go with my friends. I know I shouldn't I shouldn't go there, but I'm going to go there. I'm just going to not participate. If you find yourself saying that, sound the alarm. The last one is this. This is probably the hardest one. You hope the people you care about most in life don't find out where you've been or who you've been with. For some of you, it's like, I don't, I, I don't want my wife to know where I went with my friends this week. She thought, she thought I was at the golf course. I don't want her to know. For some of you college students, I don't want my parents to know what I've done since I've been at college for a whole month now. For some of you high school students, I, yeah, I don't want my parents to know who I am at school, who I am outside the home. You know, I've got it all together. I've got my compartments here, you know. But if you find yourself in this situation, it's like an alarm. You're not being who God's called you to be. And maybe it's time that you establish some guardrails in your friendships. Because friends influence the quality and the direction of your life. Now, this morning while I've been talking, what's happened to many of you is that you've had someone actually by name pop into your mind. For, for some of you, you've had a name like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. hope <laughs> my mom never meets him. And if that's so, then you could continue down the path you're going and establish no guardrails there and hang out with foolish people and help pick up the pieces of their life on Facebook. I mean, you can do all of that kind of stuff. And the fact is, is we could fast forward a year, 52 weeks from now, and we could sit in here and talk about this again and 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 you'd be like, man, I wish I'd set up some guardrails. I wish I'd had some directional change in my life. And I wish God would have just told me. And God's like, I was trying to tell you. The guy with the mic taped to his face was trying to tell you. Last week we talked about avoidable regret. Is regret in life avoidable? It is if we choose God's way and we walk his path. And God's standards of behavior become a matter of conviction in our lives. Most of you in here do not set out to be foolish and hang out with foolish people. It just happens naturally because you crave acceptance and they're the people that accepted you. And God says, I have more for you than that. I want you to understand the flip side of this too this morning. Some of you, I want you to have these guardrails with relationships and friendships in your life for another reason. And maybe even more important than just the protection of your life. And it's this. That some of the same people that you're going to set up some guardrails with this week are going to need you. I don't know when. It might be a couple months. It might be a couple years. Maybe ten years from now. But at some point, because they have no guardrails, they're going to go off the edge. They're going to end up off the cliff. Their car is going to catch on fire. It's going to explode. And they're going to come to you and they're going to say, help me. And praise God that you're going to be in a place where you've spiritually matured because you've been going God's direction, along obedience in the same direction that you're actually going to be able to help them and not just have the door of their car blow off and hit you in the face and damage you for life because you're the companion of fools. I'm not asking you to close your heart to them forever. I'm saying go God's direction and don't compromise so that you're in a place Someday, when they crash and burn, you can be the one that helps them put their life back together. But you can't if you're in their mess. If you're just like them, you can't. That's the problem, the thing that makes friendship so dangerous. We become like our friends because they influence our lives. What is God calling you to this morning? What is he calling you to do? To make a decision, to move his direction. And to put up some guardrails with some of those friends. Let's pray. Well, God, I thank you that you give us your word and that it's full of wisdom for life. And God, I'm thankful that you tell us how to live our life. And Lord, I, I know this morning there, there have been many that have fallen under this uh, conviction from your spirit, God, that they haven't been doing it right. And we've allowed friends to pull us and take us places that we thought we'd never go. And things that we had a matter of conviction about years ago have become a matter of compromise now. And we feel like we're slowly drifting away because of the influence those people have in our life. It's just a slow drift. It's a slow fade but, God, we've been awakened to it this morning. And so, Lord, for some of us, we need to turn back to you. We've made that decision to go your way in life, but we need to turn back to you, and we we need to repent of our sins and go your way. And, God, for some of us, we, we don't know the way. We haven't accepted you. You said you are the way, the truth, and life, that no one comes to the Father. No one has a hope of heaven without a relationship with Jesus. And so, God, I pray if there's anyone here this morning that is outside of that that faith in you. They've never made that conscious decision to put their life and their faith in Jesus Christ. I pray that today, Lord, would be the day of salvation for someone. Someone that says, I'm going to allow God to set some guardrails in my life. I'm going to move his direction because I know it's what's best. I know it directs and protects me. But God, as we sing this song together, I just pray you just continue to do your work in our hearts and in our minds. Convict us where we need to be convicted. Comfort us where we need to be comforted. Encourage us, God, if we're already walking your way in these relationships we call friendships. But God, as we sing this song, I just pray that you would just show us what our next step is to following you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. What we're gonna do in just a second is we're gonna ask you to stand and to sing. and. While you're doing that, I just want to let you know that there's elders and decision guides available over to your right. Um, They'd love to pray with you about any decision you feel like the Lord is leading you to this morning. So would you stand? Let's sing together.